in my preschool, if you were like good during nap time, five days out of the week, uh, you got a gummy bear. And like, but during the week, just a everyone, single gummy bear. Okay, well, <laughs> one. I know it sounds ridiculous, but my memories as a child is feeling so accomplished when I got that freaking gummy bear. If you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But if you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And this is the the Multi-Amory Podcast. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we're talking about how to make your life feel more like a game. In other words, we're talking about gamification. It's been a hot thing recently. We're going to talk a little bit about that, but also just some other ideas that we've come up with about how to apply all the things we've learned about life from video games and board games and pen and paper games and applying those to our relationships in our real lives. Yeah, but first I wanted to address the elephant in the room, or rather the cricket in the room. <laughs> Not really, just if anyone can hear the small cricket thing in the episode, it's outside my window. Oh, so it's not actually in the room with you, it's outside? I don't know. The thing is, there was a cricket in here earlier, but I set wigs on it. I was going to say. I told Henry to go eat it. But I don't know that he did. He may have just played with it and then let it set it free. Oh, maybe now it's protesting. I see. Something tells me it's still alive. It's also like the hottest day in Los Angeles ever to happen. Not really, but possibly. So I think this cricket is protesting mm. and yelling outside the window. Yeah. Yeah, probably. So that's what's happening right now. Sorry. In so on this episode, our guest is a cricket. cricket. <laughs> yep. Yes. A special guest cricket. Uh-huh. Uh, so to start this off, um, I just wanted to start with the question of what does gamification mean or what does it mean to gamify something? And uh, this is a concept that has become somewhat popular in recent years, um, you know, probably over the past five to 10 years, but really just in the last few, it's kind of picked up a lot of popularity. And basically it involves taking principles that make games feel rewarding or even addictive and then applying them to things that you want to do in your real life. Yeah, this is really interesting. I haven't like heard of this before you brought it up today. Really? That's surprising um, because but it makes a lot of sense. For someone, I mean cuz we all play games and so I'm surprised I know. that it hasn't crossed your path yet like this cricket has. No, I know, but it, it makes it makes a lot of sense and and apparently there was a big collection of research on gamification, um, and that that showed that in a majority of studies, uh, gamification found that it, it does have positive effects on individuals, but individual and contextual differences exist. So gamification can also improve an individual's ability to comprehend digital content and understand a certain area of study, such as music. Hmm. That's really interesting. Well, it, okay, it brings to mind for me, uh, I mean, I feel like once we actually start thinking about it, it's like you see it everywhere. It's not mm. just in mm. like, quote unquote, educational software or whatever we may have played as kids. Um, but right. like, Jace, you're playing that game 
that like teaches you how to code. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's called Grasshopper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one I was gonna say, like Cricket? Caterpillar or <laughs> something. Oh my god, Grasshopper. Yeah, Grasshopper. Well, yeah, and the thing is that that what's interesting about gamification is that it's not just making things literally into games. It's like taking the principles of game design. So, hmm. so that that game, cr- uh, Cricket. Gosh, Grasshopper. <laughs> Um, you know, it teaches you it's super basics of um, some JavaScript programming as a game, where it essentially sets up the like, here's a thing, here's the stuff you need to know, now here's the puzzle. In other words, like, here's the thing you want your code to achieve. And then mm-hmm. using this sort of simplified interface, make a code that'll do that, right? So that's like literally making it into a game. And when we think about like the learning games we played as kids, like I had like, you know, Mario teaches typing, where it was like, you know, it's a me, Mario. And it's like, you, you'd press the keys on the keyboard to learn touch typing. And oh, I would, just got Mavis Beacon. I wasn't. I had Mavis too, yeah. Uh, um, but what? You and Mario teaches typing? Yeah, man. It had a CG Mario head that came out at the beginning. It's like, it's a me, Mario. And that was like mind blowing. Like I hadn't seen and where are typing? a CG <laughs> Mario like that at the time. It wow. was really cool. Impressive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wow. Okay, so, but I think what you're getting at is that it's it's yeah it's not just turning a concept or something that you need to learn into a game, but it's like taking these principles. It makes me think of um, an app that I use a lot is called Stash, which is an mm. investing app. Um, yeah, yeah. Where it's, both, it's, it's both for like investing in mutual funds or ETFs, or they also started just made a portion of it where you can invest for retirement and stuff like that. Um, and so, first of all, it's all like micro investing. So it's mm-hmm. like if you want to invest five dollars, then you can, you know, or ten dollars or right. whatever. And but the way that they've done it, like it's not the only investing app out there that does micro investing, mm-hmm. but they have really gamified it in a very simple way. Where, for instance, it's like if you earn a hundred points, you level up. But the way you earn points is like. If you fill out your profile, you get five points. If you share it with a friend, you get 10 points. If you invest in this particular mutual fund, uh, then you get five points. Mm -hmm. And like, then you're going to level up to like the next level, which is like, you're an investing star (laughs) or wizard or something like that. Um, But I think it's things like that, where it's like, clearly it's not like, here's a game for you to play and learn about investing. It's like, this is about investing, but here's some little gamified elements just to motivate you to kind of keep going and get a little bit of that, like, I guess a little bit of dopamine when it's like, oh, I leveled up. I did all the things. I got all the points. Mm-hmm. You remember Foursquare a few years oh, ago? It was like all the yeah. rage. Yep. Well, yeah. And that was like a gamified way of getting you to go somewhere and spend some money That's on something. True. And like check in get here. those badges and stuff. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Or the what? Like Prince or Popper of someplace. What was it? Oh, you, no, were you the no. king? Here are the king. Was it, it the king or the, the, king. the Duke and Duchess? Or it was some... You got that little crown thing on yeah, your profile. Yeah, you got a little title. Yeah, you yeah. got a little yeah. crown. I feel like this is going to age us yeah. in a couple of years when people listen to us. Yeah. And like, right. oh, geez, these people want Foursquare. Yeah. Or it's going to be like Foursquare. What's that? Well, that's actually great that you bring that up, Emily, because Foursquare is one of the examples that's often cited in people talking about gamification um, oh. in terms of how gamification can be used as a way to market something. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, and that that's a good example. It's also, we see it all over the place and things like, for example, on Google Maps, if you contribute ratings or reviews or upload pictures about locations, you earn points and you level up. Same same principle, right? Where you're like, yeah. oh, cool. 
I don't know if I feel like writing a review. Oh, but I'm only 10 points away from leveling. Maybe I'll do that, right? Mm -hmm. Or there's so many websites now that you sign up for. I think even Facebook does this. It's been a long time since I first they signed up like for Facebook. They give you like a progress bar. The progress yeah. bar. Yeah, classic. Um, right? It's like you're 60% of the way to setting up your profile. And you're like, uh, okay, I, I wouldn't do this, but I want to get that progress bar done, right? Yeah. So it's using principles from game design. I saw, I read about a certain experiment where they used a progress bar to get kids to not pee in a pool. Where it was what? like, okay, so like, like they set up essentially like the porta potty next to the next to the pool, and like anytime somebody used it, like a progress bar would go up, and so all the kids that day were kind of like, oh, we gotta like go pee in the, <laughs> like actually in the bathroom so that we can so like can fill this. raise the bar wow. instead of peeing in the pool, and like it totally worked. Fascinating. Right? That's ridiculous. I know. And cute. Yeah. Wow. So, so they need to use it more often because I just also read a study that says that like 99.9% .9 of people do pee in pools. So gosh, yeah. On that note. Um, <laughs> yes. So there's psychology behind this gamification idea. And one of um, the big things about making things into games that's so compelling is that games are really addictive. Mm. Like God, <laughs> the DLC for Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, going back over and over again to those master trials, even when I freaking screwed it up for the 20th time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I really needed to beat it for mm -hmm. no good reason. Mm -hmm. Like, it, I wasn't going to get anything out of it except for the glory of having beaten it. Right. Yeah. And right. it felt really good. Well, there's a lot of things. I feel like there's a lot of things that go into making games themselves addictive. You know, it could be mm -hmm. that you are really intrigued by the story. And so when some DLC comes mm -hmm. out, you're like, I, I want more of this story. Um, or it could be that totally. like you're collecting something or things like that. But I think that is also part of it, just like accomplishing things, whether it's something yeah. big like the Master Trials or just like unlocking a new recipe or whatever, that it is that little like that repetitive sense of like, I've checked off the to-dos, I've checked off the side quests, like I've accomplished something and that feels good, even if it's like within the context of a game where I haven't actually accomplished anything in the real world. <laughs> Unlocking a new recipe and Overcooked, is that what you're referring to? Oh, gosh, no, I, mean, I was thinking any, I don't know, any, any number game. of like RPGs that have like a cooking system or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Zelda does too, but yes. Mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah, totally. So, um, Basically, I have two stories about this. Uh, one is okay. a story that that I read about in a book called Everything Bad is Good for You. And a really interesting book. I, I recommend it. It's, it's maybe a little bit dated now because it came out maybe 10 years ago or so. But in it, um, he tells this story of a man who in World of Warcraft, which is a massively multiplayer online role-playing game, there's this guy who is one of the top uh, blacksmiths in the world in that game, or at least was at the time of this writing. And he, you know, makes some of the best items in the game, is like very well renowned in the game, makes a lot of money in the game, all of these things. And to get to that point, he broke down the numbers, and I don't remember what they were now, but, you know, he had to spend some just astronomical number of hours doing very mundane tasks like in the game, you know, mining some rocks to get some materials to then go to another place to like, you know, forge, forge those them. into items. Yeah. And this very, very slow process of doing this. And he made the comparison of like, that sounds a lot like work. Hmm. And that then he looked at this guy also had a full-time job. 
And so this guy would go do his full-time job, which was in construction, I think, and then would come home and spend the same amount of time in this game. Oh, just forging stuff. Doing another like kind of construction in a way. Yeah. And sort of asking the question of why. Because people say all the time, the criticism of games is it's like, oh, you're not, you know, you're just goofing around. You're just having fun. You're not being serious. And for anyone who's played any amount of Gosh. games... Games played, are wow. Like games you, are not yeah. fun a lot of the time. That's like the weird <laughs> yeah. irony about Especially games. Especially like long RPGs. Yes. That it's not about just having fun all the time. I think that's a common misconception from people who don't play video games mm. specifically. Uh, and then the other story is actually uh, about one of the guys who today is one of the big proponents of gamification. And he has uh, a lot of information out there, tons of YouTube videos and stuff. He told a very similar story, except his was with a different game. I think it might have been EverQuest. Uh, but same thing. He spent tons of hours developing this whole thing in that game. And then one day he just stopped playing the game. And he had this realization of, I've put so much energy and so much time and so much like thought and willpower and effort into accomplishing things that as soon as I stop playing that game are gone. Hmm. And saying, man, if I had applied that much effort and time to stuff that was in real life that would stick around or that would at least be more likely to stick around, that like, how far would I be? Mm. And so he said, I'm going to take that and make that work for me. I'm going to get into gamification like and that learn. that same thing that compelled me to put in exactly. all that time, I see. Exactly. I'm going to use that so that I can accomplish more in my own life. Well, speaking of that, okay, because yeah. I feel like... I mean, I would love to sit here and just talk about video games, but <laughs> yes. like, how totally. does this work in our real lives? How does this work in our relationships? How could it? Like, what are the ways that games have influenced us in our real lives outside of just gamification of things? Well, so one way actually is, uh, comes from pen and paper role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons. There's also the Fate System or Monster of the Week, which we'll talk about a little bit in this yeah, section. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about it when we get to it. <laughs> um, but so Dungeons and Dragons for, you know, I think everyone is at least somewhat familiar with what that is. But essentially it's, imagine it's like a board game, but where you're kind of making up the board game as you go along. And there's some sort of core rules about how your characters work and how things are resolved in the world, like whether or not you can do something, but you're kind of telling a story collaboratively as you're playing this game. Maybe that's a way to think about mm -hmm. it. Um, yeah. Rather than a board game with a very linear, like you get this many pieces or this much and then it's done, right? Uh, and so in it, your character has ability scores. And if you've played any role-playing games, like Emily, I know you've played, um, what, have you played Fallout as well or, or just Skyrim? Just Skyrim. Okay. And like Secret of Mana, mm -hmm. which was kind of an RPG. Yeah, that had this yeah. kind of thing too. Uh, there's, you know, yeah. a ton of other games that have a similar system, but where you have ability scores, and just to use the ones from Dungeons and Dragons right now, although this could work with other systems, you have six of them there's strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. And essentially, your character has a different number in each of those that determines how good they are at that thing. Right. So if, say they have a high charisma score means they're very good at convincing people of things. They're good at being a leader. They're good at encouraging other people or manipulating other people. Right. It can have different uses or like intelligence would be how good they are at book learning. You know, so wizards would need this one or wisdom is more about how they are with 
cultural knowledge or being perceptive of things, noticing mm-hmm. when something's out of place. Uh, you know, dexterity is how good you are at balancing or dodging things. Strength is obviously strength. Uh, and constitution is sort of how hardy you are. Constitution's mm-hmm. a little bit of an abstract concept. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what... First of all, uh, Dedeker and I have started using some of these to talk about our real life selves as if we were characters in games, kind of to give ourselves a sort of more playful way to understand a little bit about each other as well as ourselves. Yeah, it's this has been interesting because I think that, I mean, I think that people don't obviously in the real world don't live in this world where like all of your skills and abilities are just like <laughs> a set of numbers that you're like rolling a die and there's like all this chance, but it is an interesting framework to apply to start thinking about things. And like, I didn't start thinking about it until Jace one day made the comment. Like, it's like Dedeker, I think you have very low constitution. (laughs) Oh God. You said this a couple of times during the tour. Yes. 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 He's now spread this knowledge to Emily. Um, (laughs) And I was like, I don't know what that means, but I mean, I know what it means in like a gaming sense, but I don't know how that actually means in my life. But like (laughs) from Jace, it's more specifically about the fact that like I have very low constitution when it comes to like, walking across town, for instance, I'm more of a sprinter than like a distance runner really, or like dealing with heat or adversity Mm -hmm. of that kind of like, like, Oh yeah. You almost died in the heat when we were in (laughs) New York. No, that was a long way. Right. Yes. Yes. I also failed my constitution throws in the San Francisco show. Like, yeah. Well, so I want to give oh, yeah. I want to give a little bit of context about what that okay. means. Okay. Yeah. Unless you want to explain. No, it. go ahead. Okay. So essentially, the way these numbers work is, you know, you'll have some of them that are higher and some that are lower, and usually they'll be based around what type of character you are. Uh, like I said, if you're a wizard, you'd want a higher intelligence, but you'd probably don't need as much strength, right? Or like a thief would need higher dexterity, but wouldn't need as much intelligence, maybe, right? You know, there's different ways you could play it. Um. But the way these work is that when something challenges you, for example, like say you get hit with a poison dart, that would be something that challenges your constitution. And based on your score, it essentially just increases or decreases the likelihood that you will successfully resist that thing. Mm-hmm. Right? This is all of a sudden just become a D&D podcast. Yeah, Basically, like yeah. now it's yeah. just the way that podcasts go. But hold on. Here's, here's, here's why this is important. Because these numbers are not saying, they're not a yes or no. It's not like a, yes, I am good at this, so I'm always going to succeed at this, right? And it's not a, oh, I'm bad at this, so I'm always going to fail at this. Instead, it's just about, okay, my chances of succeeding in something on strength are better than my chances on something for wisdom, because those are the scores that I have. It doesn't mean I can't have an epic win about wisdom or an epic failure when it comes to something with strength. And so, to put it in context of what Dedeker was talking about, of having that low constitution score, it doesn't mean that, like, anytime it's hot out, she just instantly wilts. But just but the if, chances are likely. But if she feels herself getting to that point of, oh, goodness, I'm wilting, <laughs> then, you know, we have this sort of funny, silly way of commenting on it of, like, oh, I think I just failed a saving throw mm-hmm. against constitution, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that's an, yeah. that's an interesting look at it, though, of this idea that you're not limited to just the things that you think that you're good at or bad at, that there is still a chance with anything that Mm -hmm. you're able to break out. And 
I, you know, that, that just, yeah, that even if you think that you're good at something, you can still fail at it. And even if you think you're not so good at something, you could still greatly succeed at it, which I think is just another interesting kind of philosoph- philosophical stance to take on it. Mm-hmm. And can you change those scores? Is that a thing that can happen? Uh, yeah, definitely. When you level up. Well, and that's the thing is, so you level up and you can increase those ability scores, but they change very slowly over time. And I think mm. that's also if we just want to keep on going with this metaphor. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I like life. Right. That you can change them, but it takes sort of a continued dedication toward changing those things in order to change them. I don't know how I would change my constitution with temperature though. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'd have to do like some training. Yourself, to, yeah. yeah, I'd have to condition myself. <laughs> yeah, just live in like the desert yeah. for eighteen years, mm, like I did. Yeah, yeah. Then you'll be good. Yeah. Although, go. geez, I really am doing poorly right now in this heat. <laughs> Comparatively, I've got my ice pack going on. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, yeah, it's awful. So I hear you, Dedeker. I hear you. Yeah. yeah. So I guess it. I don't know. I guess it is kind of this interesting framework of like applying this like structured way of thinking about one's own life. I suppose. Mm-hmm. And I think the point of it is just, in this case, is just to kind of have some fun and mm-hmm. give yourself a shorthand. And it's actually, I found it's helped me to remember that so that if I realize that it's hot outside and I start to feel it going, oh man, Dedeker might Dedeker's be feeling this even more than I am. So I'm going to preemptively make sure we get, get out of that. Potions. Or I'm not going to be like, hey, let's walk over to this other place that's a few miles away because I'm feeling fine. Right. But I, I, it helps me be more aware of that. Yeah. Um, recently, Dedeker has been concerned about my dexterity score because I was tripping a lot the other day. Yeah, yeah, I did bring that up. <laughs> oh, but the so sorry. Yeah, what were you going to yes. say, Emily? No, 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 no. Please continue. I was going to move on, but yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah, and I was just going to say that I, I do want to be sure that we're not thinking about these things in terms of like oh, I have this limitation and so I'm always going to be limited in this way. Mm. But I think instead thinking about it as this is a thing that I could devote time to changing or like in a role-playing game, I could find some magic items or other ways to enhance this. How far does this metaphor go? I'm taking it so far. I'm taking it all the (laughs) way. Really, really far. Well, okay. So you quickly talked about something called the fate system and monster of the week. Can you touch on those? Like, what is that? I've, I've never heard of this. Right. Maybe I have, but I can't recall this. Yeah. So real quick, basically fate and monster of the week are just different systems. Kind of like I said, uh, dungeons and dragons is sort of the system that you kind of make up a game that you play together uh-huh. using that system essentially. Uh, so the fate system is just a different one that takes a very different approach to things. And the reason why I wanted to bring that up is because in that one, you're sort of telling a story together. And so in that, when you're trying to do something difficult, say, kind of like, you know, say you're trying to lift something heavy. In that game, if you're able to explain it in terms of the story of why you should be more able to do that thing than you would be, then you can actually make it so that it's easier for you to succeed at that, right? So there's like creative thinking about how to realistically solve a problem rather than just being like, oh, you either have the strength or you don't, Hmm. which I think is something in video games we get where it's like, oh, I don't have that strength. So I just can't open that door. I can't go in that room or like my lock picking skill is not high enough. So I will never be able to see in that door Hmm. that instead this is like, can you explain away? Can you find a person to help you? Can you, Right, like, can you make a good story for why you should be able to do it, and then it'll make it more likely that, that you, you can, can do, do it. it. I see. Um, 
And then also as another approach to it in the game Monster of the Week, which is yet another system for a same sort of thing, they do a really interesting method of character advancement, where in terms of, like we said, you can level up and increase your abilities and skills and things like that, that the way that you level up is by failing at stuff. Uh, And that if you're just succeeding all the time, you're not essentially developing as a person. But when you have those failures at things, then you actually, your character will get more abilities or will get stronger. Hmm. And so I I just really find that one interesting because in, in reading about it, people will say you'll get some players who play the game whose characters barely advance at all because they're always so afraid of failing that they'll play it very safe all the time. And then you'll have others who are just always trying for the epic win, and sometimes they get them, and a lot of times they don't, but those characters end up developing much more. Because they get the experience points. Right, because they're willing to take those risks and tell a more interesting story, Mm. even if it doesn't work out as well for them. So anyway, I just, just wanted to bring up that... Dungeons and Dragons has gotten some criticism for certain aspects of it. And I just want to point out there are other systems and the metaphor still mm-hmm. works. So that's cool. <laughs> I like that though. I like so, that, you know, being re- still being rewarded with experience points, even when you fail mm-hmm. or well, at least that's that, the that, only that's way the only way that you get yeah. experience points is through failing. Again, it, it's a metaphor for life. I, I like it. I love it. it is. <laughs> so, okay. Can we talk a little bit about a, gamification and kind of how it can be applied to relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, gamification is this idea that you can apply scenarios in games or like the structure of a game mm-hmm. to your real life day to day, I don't know, tasks or anything that you want to do. So, okay. Uh, apparently like this is used for things like productivity mm-hmm. or for like companies or to market products. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we talked um, about before, or to get, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like to get their users to do work for free. So again, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm assuming like Foursquare had like a deal going on with the places that you checked in at. I don't know. Well, no. A and good then, example like, is like Google Translation. Right now, you mm, can go oh. into like you you do the like quote unquote help them translate, and they've really gamified this process where right yeah. And I mean, I've fallen for it <laughs> for yeah, sure. Where totally. they like show you little phrases in like one language and then they give you like four options of like which ones actually match this translation it could be multiple ones and it's again the same thing where there's a progress bar and there's level ups and there's badges but it is just doing work for them for free of just kind of like testing their translation quality oh my god my mom like i got her an apple watch and she is like gaga for the whole exercise wheel oh yeah a lot of people she has to a lot of people every single day yeah. get all three bars yeah. yeah and like beat it by like 200 percent. she's like <laughs> yeah. i didn't do my 200 percent yet today yeah. i have to finish it yeah and i'm like mom chill so yeah yeah god talk about gamifying but like mm-hmm. she is getting she's doing an it. amazing benefit from yeah. that they also add in elements i know fitbit and i'm sure apple watch too adds in elements of competitiveness as well that yes you get badges and exactly shit. it's cool yeah. you can compare with your friends yeah. mm-hmm. like see their scores yeah. each day mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. oh she totally does that she's like yeah i got i got my like badge for this month because like <laughs> i beat my record again mm-hmm. i'm like yep. wow okay mm-hmm. <laughs> must be nice to be retired um, 
<laughs> but then, so apparently, like, this has been used, like we said, for a long time in education for children. Because mm-hmm. obviously, yeah, you want to, like, make everything learning into a game mm-hmm. or a lot of, like, fun shit into a game for kids. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, the learning games we have today, uh, it kind of kind of correlate to what we did as a kid. Like, it, you might learn, like, you might get a sticker for something. Do you guys have uh, that in your like, kindergarten? What, getting stickers? Heck yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. Right? Heck yes. It's, like, so ubiquitous. Like, when you're a kid, you get a sticker. Yeah. But that's a yeah. great example of gamification. Yeah. Right? Oh, totally. No, like, got, you do an assignment or a chore, yeah, and you, exactly. get a you get a sticker. You get a stamp. In my preschool, if you were, like, good during nap time five days out of the week, uh-huh. you got a gummy bear. And, like... But during the week, just a everyone, single gummy bear. Okay, well, <laughs> one. I know it sounds ridiculous, but my memory is as a child is feeling so accomplished when I got that freaking gummy bear. Um, wow. Yeah, everyone had like a paper bear with their name on it on the board, and like mm. you'd get like a sticker on kind of like the four paws each oh, day, see. and then the last day you would get the bear with the gummy. And the gummy bear was taped to the bear. Oh, so you saw it. You saw it. Mm. And for a Wait four-year-old, a that's very compelling. <laughs> They just bought like a Costco pack of yeah. gummy bears yeah, of and they're like, whatever, this shit'll last the entire exactly. year. We're just giving one to exactly. one kid like it every week. Worked. <laughs> it worked. Cause again, like if you're on your third day or your fourth day, you really wanted to be squirmy during nap time, but you're like, Oh, but I can see that gummy bear with my name on it. <laughs> like it totally worked. I think this builds into our competitive nature as humans. Like Maybe we're even just being competitive with ourselves, mm. but we still like we must like win. We must beat something. We must cross the finish line. We must get that gummy bear. Okay, but okay. Again, here's the question: okay, How do we yeah. apply getting that gummy bear in your relationships? Well, okay. So, so the way that gamification apps tend to work, like the the modern apps out there, and we'll talk maybe a little bit more about this later. But is it finds ways to tie rewards to things that you want to do that you might not do otherwise, right? So like the gummy bear thing, uh, you know, there's one app where you can, you, you know, you write your own rewards for things and it might be like, I get to watch the next episode of Game of Thrones once I've done this thing that I want to be sure I do. Like whether it's, yeah. you know, working out or getting my writing done or... I don't know what, cleaning the house, right? Yeah. It tends to be about those sorts of things. Um, or other games, it's more about a progress bar, right? Leveling up, getting mm-hmm. points, or unlocking little digital items, right? Again, all stuff that's sort of meaningless, but it's getting you to do a thing that you might not have done otherwise. Like, again, the Foursquare example is mm-hmm. a good one, too, of like, those points don't mean anything. Mm-hmm, you don't mm-hmm. get anything from that. It's just for the fun of getting points. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we wanted to ask that question of like, how can you take that same sort of thing and instead of applying it to something super tangible, like working out or cleaning the house or doing work, how can you apply that to your relationships? Yeah, and I think this is important to talk about like the goal-making process in a relationship, which I think the relationship escalator tends to maybe potentially have that like mentality of goal setting and then like, okay, I'm setting this goal of moving in and I'm setting this goal of getting married. And like, that's not what we're talking about here. We're not about, I mean, as probably all of you know who have listened to this podcast, that's not really like our MO. 
going on the relationship escalator and setting those goals, but rather like these are personal development goals, like relationship development goals, Mm. not just like my goal is to get married to you. Not like relationship milestone goals. Right. Exactly. I wonder if that's why the relationship escalator is so addictive because it is like a game. It's It's like like to the next one. My Ah. progress bar is going toward that next level, which is that next step. Totally. Jeez, I never even thought about that. Well, there's a reason why there's the board game of life, for heaven's sake. Yeah. It's quite escalatory. Yeah, that's super escalatory. That's not just relationship, but that's whole life escalator. Like, you know, go to college, get a job, get a car, get a wife, get some kids, get a house. Right. You'll notice in the game of life, there's not a go back to college, change careers. No, that's (laughs) true. Get a divorce. (laughs) Yeah. No. Oh, man. Get rid of one of your kids, buy another one. (laughs) Wow. Oh, my God. Jeez. <laughs> our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their site specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be, you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. <laughs> this whole podcast is really about like different ways in which to do personal development, Mm -hmm. which to like better yourself at a personal level, Mm -hmm. um, because it is really central to having a good relationship. Um, So I think like these game techniques and these tactics 
it's something that you could, for instance, incorporate into like your radar session. Yeah. Um, when you're figuring out like your action points with a partner, yeah. say like, okay, if we do, you know, if we halt during an argument every single time this month, then we should take a day trip to Santa Barbara for wine tasting. That's interesting. Mm, for instance, yeah. I actually, I actually kind of like that. Like, if you're like, let's halt like ten times this month. So just to get Whoa, you, that's a lot of halt. Well, maybe it's a lot. Maybe I don't know. Maybe you need it, but like yeah. just to encourage maybe, you yeah. to use it rather than not. That's interesting. Yeah, or I mean, even just the reconnection time at the end of radar mm, is in itself yeah. sort of a reward for. Yeah, I was just doing saying that. like if we ever made like a radar app, we definitely need to build mm. a progress bar into it. Yeah, to kind of get yeah. you because I do think yeah. that like with the radar kind of restructuring where it was like all those different categories that you hit definitely whenever I do a radar it feels that way a little bit of like okay we check off this box then we check off that box then we check off this box wow look at us truck along you know um, right and then we get to the end where How we get to we... reconnect or like massage each other or have sex or like watch a movie or do something good that it gets you through what could be like a potentially like uncomfortable or difficult or tiring couple hours of communication yeah yes yeah, so. we need to like gamify making an app for radar because that's a really good idea <laughs> really meta with it that. yeah i love it like, but we need to incentivize it somehow well if y'all have any specific <laughs> ideas of what a radar app could look like or what you'd want in right. that kind of app then yeah reach out send us an email tweet at us facebook mm-hmm. us make a post in the patreon group if you're part of that um okay so some things that came to mind when i was thinking about like what Okay, so what are maybe some things you would want to accomplish that would take multiple steps and that might be hard to get yourself to do in some or motivate yourself to do in some way? Um, And there's so many options. It could be things like being more okay with being alone rather than with a partner all the time. And this could be regardless of your relationship structure, like maybe you're monogamous and just want to be able to have more of a life separate from your partner or if you're opening up your relationship and you're adjusting to having more time alone or by yourself if a partner's away Mm -hmm. so things like that it could be having an aim of creating better communication or a better relationship with your metamors or creating a relationship there at all um or connection there at all it could be the way that you maintain communication in a long distance relationship it could be about being more social or encouraging yourself to like, you know, have the courage to ask someone on a date. Uh, mm-hmm. You could gamify de-escalating a relationship. And that sounds really weird to be like bringing games into this traditionally very sad and difficult process. But mm-hmm. I'm kind of thinking more of like, you know, gamifying the process of when it's like, okay, we need to have some time apart. Or like, maybe this person's kind of toxic, or I need them not in my life anymore. And like, if there's a way to gamify not reaching out to that person, essentially to kind of keep then yourself... Get a cookie. Well, maybe something more than a cookie. Although I don't know if a cookie really motivates you. Maybe that would work. Well, what about the progress bar? Hey, your one gummy bear motivated you, did <laughs> That's true. But I mean, what about the progress bar That's idea? True. Of rather than it being about a specific reward, mm-hmm. it could be this like, I want to have 10 days where I'm not checking their Facebook, right? I'm not looking yeah. at my ex's Facebook or yeah. I'm not asking someone how they're doing or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And that you have those sort of check marks that you fill off. And if you fail, you start over, like try it again. Mm-hmm. You know, that could work to have that, like I'm going to level up. And after that 10 days, I'm going to do another 10 days. Or, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that you level up each time. Yeah. So as far as, so those are just some general ideas of maybe something that's like a little bit difficult to accomplish, maybe seems a little bit daunting, but that I think could be 
gamified in some kind of way, could be broken up into small tasks, could have like rewards built in, could have some way of gamifying it. And so as far as figuring out, you know, what it is that you want to do and then being able to translate that into something that'll actually get you to do it. Um, generally, um, we encourage you to focus on like, what are your normal productivity based things or like to do lists and then add items that are like that. So like, if you already have something that is like, I meditate every day or I work out every day, um, something that also works really well is to attach new habits to old habits. So for instance, like something that I started doing is like, well, I already have the habit of meditating every single day. And like, I have a tracker on my phone that met, like tracks how many days in a row I've meditated. And so, okay, so you've already gamified that. I've already gamified that. And I'm like, I'm going to attach like Smart. a quick workout to that so that now also I meditate and then I do like a 10 minute workout after that. Um, and that then I'm kind of tracking both of those at the same time. Um, mm, yeah. And kind of trying to gamify it in that way. And so, Another thing that you can do is, you know, adding things again that are not necessarily just like based on your partner, but they're also like, I guess, more personal development based things. Um, so, for instance, a few, gosh, months ago, but I guess it was last year, technically, we had Jessica Graham on the show uh-huh. and she talked oh, yeah. about, you know, standing in front of a mirror and like saying loving things to yourself and, as a way to like boost self-esteem and to kind of be more positive with yourself and also examining like if you really have a negative reaction to even the thought of that that's something to examine as well Mm, um yeah but doing things like i used to have an app that um would kind of pop up a reminder on my phone every single day like something positive to say to myself and then once you got through like a 30 days of it once you got through 30 days of it, then you could, I forget what it unlocked for you. Like it was also very gamified and like you kind of like leveled up uh-huh. and then you could kind of switch the thing that it would say to you. Um, but you had to get through that first 30 days first. And it's like, that's not even that big of a reward, but it was motivating mm-hmm. enough for me to be like, okay, I'll actually do this and yeah. like kind of say these positive things to myself and things like that. Yeah. Wow. And I, I just want to point out too, that a to-do list itself is already like a gamification because it gives you this sense of progress, mm-hmm. right? Especially if you're using a to-do list effectively, which I have not always done and only recently have started finding a more effective way uh, using the bullet journal mm-hmm. technique that Dedeker talked to me about. If you look it up online, you can find out lots more about it. But essentially each day your to-do list is only stuff that you could actually do that day, right? So you don't end up with this to-do list that just is your to-do list forever. That instead, each day kind of has its own list that's achievable. And so there is this thing I've definitely had where, you know, I kind of get to the end of my sort of working day of, of working on stuff and I see, ah, oh, crap, there's like one more thing on that list for today, but it's there's just that one it would just be better. I'll just do it right now. And I'll take that moment and I'll do it and just get it done instead of, you know, like, oh, like, like that progress bar right. on Facebook, right. instead of leaving that not quite finished, be like, yeah, sure. It won't take me that long. I'll just mm-hmm. finish it. And um, so essentially taking that idea of even a to-do list and putting some more personal development stuff on it, kind of like that, the, the note of appreciation mm-hmm. that you mentioned, Dedeker, 
that that's a really great one to put on there or some kind of self-love, like actually put it on your to-do list for the day Mm -hmm. so that, you know, maybe you're starting to finish your work day and you see, oh, that's still the one thing I haven't checked off. All right. I'll take a moment to do it. And then you do it and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I did that. Like Mm -hmm. I felt so much better, but it kind of helps you actually take the initiative to do the thing. Right. Yeah. So what are some other things that you can do? Uh, I mean, you could adding like taking a walk mm-hmm. around the block, drinking a glass of water, right? Uh, you know, these they could be sort of health related things or um, what else? What could be some other um, kind of more relationship development things? Like we talked about your relationship with your metamors. It could be something yeah. of like, I'm going to send a message and just check in on how this metamor is doing, assuming right. I have that kind of relationship with right, them, right? right? Or just... Drinking a glass of water is a good one. <laughs> I do that as often as I should, not, especially in the sea. It's not yeah. quite as related to other people. Um, yeah. I've done ones in the past no. where like I've headed to, let's say, like a polyamory meetup or discussion group, and I've been like, I'm going to talk to three people that I don't know. Oh, and yeah. just, oh, yeah, yeah, just yeah. with that intention, like not with the intention of like, I'm going to ask three people out or I'm going to find three attractive mm-hmm. people or I'm going to make three friends. Like even that's a little too much pressure. It's mm-hmm. just, I'm going to talk to three people I don't know. Even if it's just like, hey, your earrings are really cool. Bye. <laughs> um, yeah, like like know? gives three people a compliment. Like right. that's doing something outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, just in the sense of like helping to prevent me from just getting into my own little world or just like being a wallflower, mm-hmm. or just like staying with the people that I know mm-hmm. at a meetup. And often it just leads to like great conversations or maybe it does lead to me meeting someone I'm attracted to or interested in or not or just someone who's just cool or like I'm in a better mood or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, things like that. Yeah, and it's important to, to realize with that, that part of it is it's something that you yourself can accomplish. Mm-hmm. So if your goal is for my metamor to like me, that's, uh, that's a harder thing, right? Cause that's mm-hmm. not actually something that you can control. And while that might be nice to want, the point of this is to think of things that are very tangible that you can actually accomplish and do mm-hmm. right. Like complimenting yourself, sending someone a nice message, doing things like that. And the double bonus of these types of things, as opposed to the normal to-do list items, is that they have this double win property where not only do I get the positive thing of taking that walk or of giving myself these compliments or sending a nice message, but I also get another thing I can check off my checklist much easier than probably a lot of other stuff, Mm, right? mm -hmm. If it's like clean out my whole inbox, that might take a few hours, but giving myself a compliment might only take a minute, right? but I get a check Mm, check mark on my to-do list and that feels good. And I feel like, like just one note before we move on here is I feel like having an awareness of this can really change the way that you set up action points in like your radars and your relationships. Um, Interesting. I know everyone talks about, you know, having like, you know, actionable goals and stuff like that. But I think it's really the difference between, okay, this month, like, let's try to have more date time Mm -hmm. versus let's have like three dates. Let's set it. We're going to have three dates this month that are outside the house that we kind of plan and get dressed up for. Like, we're going to do three of them. Um, And whether it is like, in your radar at that moment, like, okay, let's pick the dates for it. Or if it is just like, okay, we have this goal, we have this quest um, Mm -hmm. that we got to get three days and we're at zero out of three right now. So let's accomplish that. And again, Mm -hmm. it's a tiny little silly thing. Of course, like 
if you end up doing four dates, it's not going to be a problem (laughs) or, you know, but just again, like I think it can really shape the way that you make your action points with your partner to actually get things that are accomplishable. And also Mm -hmm. to motivate both of you to have a sense of like, we're on this team trying to accomplish this quest together, you know? And, And I think part of the gamification principle there would be to be sure it's visible to you how you're doing toward it. Yeah. Cause I know that something Dedeker and I have fallen into before is we'll set an action point in our radar and then it stays in that document that doesn't get opened until the next month. And then we look at it, we're like, oh whoops, yeah, whoops, we totally didn't <laughs> yeah. do that thing. And so with that, you know, maybe it's putting gold stickers on a piece of paper on the fridge or right, or drawing some hearts on something or putting, you know, maybe you have three like silk roses that you like fill a vase oh my, with. You are so corny. I am, right? It doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> yeah. The point is that it's what the hell some, is a silk rose. You know, like an yeah, artificial like a rose. Flower. Yeah. Like a wait that you fill in what? No, no. it's like a, a fake flower <laughs> that you would put in a vase okay. that looks like a You're flower. Saying bye? Oh I see, I see. So you just like gently take a silk fake <laughs> rose and put it each each individual one in a vase. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why you added the gently. I'm, just, <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, uh, because it's silk, because it's like. Oh, I want to toss out to a controversial uh, thing and okay. see what you, okay. y'all think okay. about yeah. it. Because I saw this on, I think, on the polyamory subreddit once. Okay. And it had a okay. lot of comments and a lot of people mm. kind of back and forth. I'm still not sure how I think about it. And th- what this person had done is so this person had two partners. Okay. And. They, whenever they like spent time with a partner, went on a date or had a phone call or gave a gift or whatever, like any kind of like marker of like, mm-hmm. you know, partnership building relationshipy stuff, they would put like a marble in that person's jar. And for them, mm. it was more of like a visual sense of knowing kind of how much they had, quote unquote, like invested in each relationship. And this person That's insisted, like this person insisted in their post that it wasn't about like keeping score or like keeping right. tabs, but it was just more of a like having a sense. Um, and like, I think for this person, it was more of like a motivation of like, I want to fill up these jars, you know, as opposed to like, again, like I'm trying to keep these jars totally equal. Um but like I see like this person, it seems like almost kind of trying to gamify a little bit their process of like investing in these particular relationships. But I also understand how some people would see that and be like, Ugh, that looks weird or, or, you know, I don't know. What do y'all think? I mean, that could become potentially sinister in, <laughs> in a way, not sinister, but just like, you know, oh, I'm, I see that I'm clearly more interested in X person. Mm. So maybe... That means that I'm shouldn't be with Y person or whatever. I don't know, but it is if you're looking at it from like a relationship anarchy standpoint, it could be kind of keeping you in check, mm. just to be like, hey, like I clearly am prioritizing someone over the other, and I don't want to be doing that. So let's make a change here, and and it's at the very least like a a visual representation of something that they can see. Yeah. I guess I could see it being useful maybe in certain circumstances, but maybe not so much in others. What if they like gently place it in the jar? Does that change? Yeah. Gently, gently very gently put some marbles in a jar. What if they were silk roses instead of marbles? The the jar fills up a lot faster. It would just be like a cacophony (laughs) of silk. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's good. Cacophony of silk. If I, I had a fabric store, that's what I'd call it. Cacophony. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I like it. I'm sorry. The heat is making me delirious. I know. I think okay. so. I think so. Uh, honestly, I don't know what I think about that. It does make me feel right? a little uncomfortable. And I can't yeah, quite, I I I can't quite put my finger on, uh, yeah, if yeah, that's yeah. justified Why? or not. Yeah. yeah. I just, I do Kids. think it depends what you're using it for, yeah, how you're course. approaching it, though. Just, you were talking about this app super better? Yes. Okay. So I do want to recommend one app. This will be the only app I think I recommend on this episode. Um, so this is, it's called Super Better. And it's, uh, there's a web version of it. There's also for iPhone or for Android. There's different versions of this. But, but Super Better is one of the many gamification apps out there. But the reason why this one stood out to me is... First of all, the woman who designed it has done a bunch of TED Talks, and they were quite compelling. Um, but also, she designed it specifically for accomplishing kind of a, a, a larger life goal by breaking it up into smaller things, and also incorporated a lot of other interesting aspects to keep you going. And um, for her, that was getting over um, a concussion that she was having trouble recovering from. And huh. sort of taking what she learned from that and then combining it with other uh, things like from positive psychology that we've talked about on this, as well as other tools. And so the way this one works is you have kind of your overarching goal that you're going for. And, you know, you could change this whenever you want. And it could be something very vague. Like that goal could be something like, I want to have happier relationships, right? Or I want to have a job that I love, right? Could be, could be whatever. But then you have what are called quests, which are those are the achievable things. And it's set up huh. so that you do three of those each day. So you might have a bunch of quests in your log, but each day you kind of choose, I'm going to do these three so that, again, you fill up your progress bar so that you've gotten all three. And then you're like, okay, I've done the quest section. But then, so that, that part is very similar to the other gamification apps out there uh, where it's kind of about putting your goals into this app and then you get experience points and you level up and it, you know, does fireworks and whatever that what's interesting about this one is that there's also a section for power-ups and this huh. one I really like because the power-ups aren't specifically like a goal, but the power-ups are just a good thing you can do to help yourself. Right. And this is where it's things like drinking a glass of water, going for a walk around the block, um, giving yourself a compliment, um, you know, appreciating your physical body for what it is, regardless of whether you want to improve that or not, still appreciating it as it is right now, or sending a kind note to someone like that. And that those are separate from just these other kind of more tangible goals, and that they're like a power-up to help you accomplish that thing. And then there's also a category that's called bad guys. So again, trying to make it like a video game. And the bad guys would be things like a certain type of procrastination, like, oh, I get distracted by Facebook while I'm trying to get work done, right? Mm. And if we put this in terms of relationships, you can put your own things, like mm. one of my bad guys would be prioritizing my own lack of self-esteem over being compassionate and caring to a partner, mm. right? Something like that. Interesting. And then Interesting. you, when you click on that bad guy, you can say like, did I win this battle or did I lose this battle? Hmm. And then updated on like, how tough is this bad guy for me right now? 
And then eventually you can even get to the point where you say like, I've vanquished this bad guy. It's not a concern anymore. And it won't, you know, basically mm-hmm. deletes it from your list. Interesting. Um, but I found that that adding that other aspect and those of course also have their progress bars about like, have you confronted these things each day? And I think that is a really interesting thing, especially when thinking about applying it to more personal development and your relationships, those idea of like power ups and overcoming bad guys and not just about goals, right. but kind of combining all those together. Right. Well, I don't know about y'all, but I love any kind of like hacky tip, like <laughs> game, like kind of trick that I can apply to my life in order to actually get me to do things that I don't want to do. Um, <laughs> And uh, so this has been really fascinating and really interesting. I think definitely moving forward, like in my radars, I know you and I, Jace, have done this a little bit already, but I definitely want to apply this in my radars in other relationships. Um, Having that sense when it comes specifically to action of like, how can we gamify this a little bit in order to actually get us to do things? I think that's, at least that's my biggest takeaway from what we've talked about today. Yeah, I think the thing for me has been, because I've been into gamification for a while, and we'll kind of get into it for a while and then not as much for a while. I do find it to be very helpful, but I think part of it is experimenting to find kind of what works the best for you. And actually for me, this bullet journal has hit sort of a sweet spot of gamification for me Mm -hmm. in terms of having a checklist I can actually check off every day is much more motivating than my previous ways of doing to-do lists, which kind of just feel like I'm doing the same thing every day. I'm not ever accomplishing anything. Right. Um, So, so I I would encourage people to experiment a little bit, you know, try, try some things, try some of these apps, see which ones are exciting to you. Which ones are you like, Oh man, I want to get that next, you know, cool hat for my character (laughs) by doing my to-do list items. Or if it's one that has to do with, you put money into it that you get to save up. And if you accomplish enough things, then you get to spend that on a new video game (laughs) or right. Or on some new clothes in real life, right? Like there's lots of different ways that you can incentivize these things. Um, So just experiment, see what works for you. Yay. So if you want to get in touch with us, send us an email to info at multiamory.com or send us a message on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can also leave us a voicemail at 678-M-U-L-T-I-0-5. Or you can leave us a voice message on Facebook. To support our show and join our private Facebook community, go to patreon.com slash multiamory. Multiamory is created and produced by Jace Lindgren, Dedeker Winston, and me, Emily Matlack. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. The full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com. Bye, Cricket. (laughs) (laughs) When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.